Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane, the ordinary. One thing we can promise you is that our conversation will be less than fascinating, so you can feel free to drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me today, I have the great pleasure of having Daniel Barker, my father-in-law, here from Sebastian, Florida. Welcome, Dan. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. So I wanted to ask you, let's talk about symbols, because you are probably the person I know who knows the most about symbols, perhaps one of the... Uh, you know, people in this part of the world who knows more more about symbols than anyone else. So let's talk symbols. Okay. What would you like to know about uh, symbols? I would like to know what got you into symbols. Oh, well, that's a bit of a long story. Sure, we've got time. Well, <clears throat> when I was in grade school, I was taking trumpet lessons with my grandfather, who was an old John Philip Sousa bandmaster. And when I would stay over at my grandparents' house, I would go to his rehearsals and watch the band play and watch the drummers. So I, I liked the drummers. I went over there and they would let me, they'd give me a pair of sticks and show me a few things. And, and that got me started on percussion. And the other thing is, my grandparents lived up in uh, Wollaston, Mass, Massachusetts. And, uh, is that near Boston? That is just south of Boston. Okay. Um, part of uh, Quincy, Mass. And in the neighborhood that my grandparents lived in, there were a few factories. One of them was the Avida Zildjian Symbol Company. So, as time progressed, I lost interest in the trumpet. My grandfather was giving me lessons, and I would play scale after scale after scale. And what happened is the Beatles came along, and I looked up on them, and I said, oh, they got a drummer. Well, I can do that. So off I go, practicing and and playing on whatever I get my hands on. Finally, my, my parents for Christmas got me a, a little snare drum, and that was my first drum. But my grandfather gave me some sage advice, and what he said, 
and it always stuck with me. He said, if you're going to play drums, when it comes to cymbals, only play the best, only play Zildjian. Oh. And we used to walk by their factory, and he'd point, point it out to me and all. And so that always, as a young kid, that stayed in my mind that, you know, uh, that was the only way to go. So I started accumulating drums. I got a bass drum after that. And, uh, my my father went out and bought this very, very old trap set. A trap set is just a bass drum, a snare, but you get wood blocks and cowbells and all the other perfunctory uh, percussion. So, off I go. Now, what takes place is I'm in a music store and I'm going to buy a cymbal. And even back then they were quite expensive, so I really was pondering, you know, which one. And how old are you at this point? I was, uh, I'm now in high school. Okay. Uh, I think I'm a sophomore. So I think that made me 15 or so. And... There was a young guy, a young kid my age in there, and he was picking up this um, uh, organ, little portable organ that were big at the time. Okay. And we got to talking, and he posted a, a notice on the board, band looking for drummer. And I said, well, can I audition? And he said, absolutely, come on down, here's the address, etc." So I get down to the audition, and there's a half a dozen drummers there with all their equipment. My equipment was not as good as what they had, but at any rate, everybody does the audition, and I'm waiting in, in the waiting room, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. I'm the last one to be auditioned. Right. So here we go. I go in there. I heard all the other drummers, and I thought, well, this is foolish. You know, I'm not going to get anywhere with this. Uh, so we knock out a couple of songs, same songs everybody else played, so at least I had some familiarity. Well, they turned to me and said, yeah, you're the one. Wow. So I get in this group. Now, um, how this relates to my career in cymbals is very simple. Uh, the group was quite popular. We made some good money, etc. What was the name of this group? The name of the group was uh, Nobody's Children. Okay. And uh, we uh, for we were all high school kids. And we played together about uh, about three years, and we played. Uh, open, we were the opening act for a lot of big groups at the time. I see. And uh, all that, but uh, the important part is I'm getting money. Sure. And I can upgrade my equipment. So I get a loan for $300 from my grandparents, and I buy this beautiful Rogers drum set. Now I think I'm big time. Right. Right? But I'm still playing a couple of uh, cymbals that are minimal. Well, I finally decide I've got to spend the money. I go and I got the best Zildjian symbols I could, I could get at the time. But in this, I bought an old pair of 13-inch band cymbals okay. from a, a retired gentleman who had them for years. And on the inside of the cup was this hand 
writing. So what happens is the Zilton Company moves down to my neighborhood, down to uh, Norwell, Mass., right down the street from me. So I take these old symbols because I'm curious. I want to know what this all means. Sure. Knock on the door, and I said, well, I've got these old symbols. Uh, can you tell me what this means? And at that time, the general manager, uh, was named Bill Riches, looks at it and goes, oh, that's Ovid Zildjian's signature. Back in the old days, in the 30s, he used to sign every symbol. Wow. So I said, oh, well, that's, that's quite curious. By the way, do you have any job openings? <laughs> no, no, not for, a, uh, not for a young kid. Okay. So... What happens is band breaks up. I go into the army, spend three years, don't get a chance to play at all. But I get out, and I'm remembering, hmm, I got to get a job. Right. So I start knocking on their door. This is Zildjian's door. Zil right? okay. Zildjian's door. I can't get a job. I went down there no less than fifty times. Wow. And I did get a job right down the street from them at a boat factory called Boston Whaler. But uh, that was minimum wage. And, uh, and what were you doing for them, the boat company? I, in the Army, I was a logistics specialist. Uh, so I, was a, I got a job starting as a receiver. Okay. All the goods that come into the factory. And then I... Uh, worked my way up to the shipping room. I see. But um, I kept going down the street after work, knocking on Zildjian's door. Well, I think they started getting a little comfortable with me. They saw me sure. every week. And um, one day they invited me in, sat down, we had a little chat, no commitment on anybody's part. And then I I got a call. Would you mind coming back in? I'd like to introduce you to uh, some more of the people. Sure. Well, long and short of it, I finally got a job. And I decided then and there I wanted to really devote myself to this. I knew I wasn't the greatest drummer in the world. Um, but as my grandfather told me, uh, playing music is a great part time gig, right. part time job. But I said, boy, this is something, because no, who, who do you know knows anything about symbols? Right, right? So right. I, I decided I'm going to learn everything I can possibly learn. And that continues to this day. There's uh, not a lot of uh, information, if you will. So what happened is I rose in the ranks there. I was in charge of research and development quality assurance, um, all the testing and everything. Developed a few programs for them. Right. Uh, did all the production scheduling, all the ordering. I took over all the purchasing after that also. And I was there 10 years. Wow. And old man Zildjian, I consider him my mentor. Sure. He would come down a couple of times every week and talk to us. Talk about the old days. Talk about what he used to do before he made symbols. He was actually a very successful candy maker oh. up in the Boston area. Um, but he gave that up. The uh, Depression hit in the 30s, and uh, 
the other thing that happened at that time is the jazz age came about. Right. So there was a call for more symbols and more of the product. So he stuck with that. Wow. So at any rate, that started me off. Um, Arvid Zildjian passed away. Company went to his two sons, Armand and Bob, who were like oil and water. Oh. Uh, one liked to uh, have a good time, play sure. around, etc., and the other was a very um, straight-ahead businessman type. And that was Bob Zildjian. At any rate, Armand got the controlling interest of the company, being the eldest. Right. And he brought in a new management team, three vice presidents and executive vice president. And um, things changed quite a bit. And finally, I, I was let go. Okay. So I went out on my own. Now I'm in the music industry. Right. So now I go out on my own, I have a little store, try to do more playing, you know, make some money. And... Um, uh, one of the people I used to work with was Bob's assistant, and she came into my store one day. And this was a music store, correct? This was a little music store, okay. yeah. Right down the street, uh, actually, from where we lived. Right. And uh, at any rate, she came in, and we had a nice chat. And next thing I know, I I get a call, you know. Would you come and talk to Bob? Sure. So that started off, and next thing I know, he had a distribution company, and he hired me as general manager to take that over. Oh. Um, and we did Sonoa drum, drums and Yamaha guitars and a lot of accessories. But the company was having a real difficult time of it, and was in the red, and uh -huh. we had to get that turned around, which we did do. And. Uh, from there, um, with my background in manufacturing assembles, I was offered a job with Sabian. And that's how we ended up moving up to uh, New Brunswick, I Canada. I see, because that's where they're, they're manufactured in New that's Brunswick. That's where their main plant was, yeah. Wow. So, so we pack up the family and off we go. Both great symbols. Uh, what would be the biggest difference between a Zildjian symbol and a Sabian symbol, in your opinion? Well, here another long-winded explanation, I'm afraid. Actually, there was no difference because the Sabian plant started off as a Zildjian plant. So the technology was the same. I see. The product line really was the same when I joined. And one of the things I had to determine is how to differentiate uh, Sabian from Zildjian. And with my background, I thought there were two important things to do. One was get a better quality product overall. Right. And number two, uh, come out with different uh, lines of product. Not just be a me too, but actually come up with lines that, uh, that were brand new that nobody's really ever thought of before. Right. And that meant uh, the technology would have to change. Oh. So um, if you look in my library, you're going to see books on sound and metal and all that. And uh, 
from there, you know, one of the important things I did was do a lot of research and uh, find the right equipment, find different equipment, and and really go through a whole metamorphosis of changing everything from attitude to whatever. Right. And uh, it was, you know, I'm very proud to say it was very successful. Excellent. So, Without a doubt, I mean, that's one of the major players. When you when you see drums on television in particular, you'll see the Sabian name on, on the cymbals as right. well as Zildjian. Right. That, uh, that was one of my projects when I was a young guy. Oh, really? How to get the name on the, on the cymbal. Oh, tell me more. Well, I was, I was coming up with new models of product, and one of the things that uh, was bothersome is there was really a no identifying marks on the symbol. Would press in a logo, but you know that, that couldn't be picked up when you were off stage or right. anything. So the idea came that well, what if we screen print the logo on the symbol? And the reason for that uh, is was more than uh, you know the idea was more than simple. Of course, we wanted the recognition of people to see our players up there playing. Sure. But what happened is, I, like all things, I did a lot of research, and I hooked up with a guy in the printing industry. And he said, well, I know of a process, but it may be rather time-consuming. And what happened is we ended up engineering a machine. Right. It did it automatically. I see. So we didn't have to expend a lot of labor. But the idea we finally came down to was put the logo on each side of the symbol. On the top and the bottom. Yeah. And then the uh, nomenclature, the, the actual model, uh, right oh. underneath the trademark. So if somebody wants to see, hey, what, you know, is that a medium ride or a heavy ride? I see. We could say. But uh, there's a story connected with that. The idea, this is way back when, but this whole concept was going to cost about $50,000, wow. which was a large amount back in those days. Sure. Um, and I had to go to the board of directors and present this program. And the board of directors made up of lawyers and, and bankers and others, right. and family members, I'm sorry, et cetera. Lot. There you go. So I go in there, I do my, my explanation, and I got my little graphics going and everything. So I get through, I said, are there any questions? Now my boss told me, don't expect an answer from the board. They'll sure. take it under advisement. Sure. They never give an answer. That. So uh, I think it was the banker says, uh, Mr. Barker, how can you possibly justify the expenditure just to print the name on a symbol. Right. I said, oh, I'm glad you asked that question. I said, we have something called the Super Bowl coming up. A 30-second spot on the Super Bowl would cost you $50,000. As you can tell, this is many years ago. Right. Nowadays, it's a million, million and a half for right. that. But uh, $50,000. I said, I want you to imagine the band out there at halftime and the camera sweeping the band and them seeing that logo on the symbols. I said, one Super Bowl justifies the cost. Right. They all looked at one another and they went, yeah, I'm in. 
and they went around the table and voted right on the spot and we did it like that brilliant absolutely brilliant so besides zildjian and sabian what are other symbol makers that you uh, look to or think think are great quality well um and these are two North American, I guess these are the two North American brands that everyone right, knows, right? Right. The other brands that, uh, and right now there's a proliferation of brands. Sure. But the uh, other two main players, uh, the first one would be Meinl, they're a German company, and uh, old Roland Meinl, after World War II, came up with a process for making inexpensive symbols, oh. low-end symbols. And uh, what's happened over time is he's uh, hired the staff, and they now have a complete line of product, all the way from handmade product all right. the way down to the low end. The other line um, is called Peisty, a Swiss company. I see. And Peisty is also a family uh, operation. Um, they were much larger, 20. 25, 30 years ago I than see. they are today. I know they have some collaboration with Yamaha and some other big companies, sure. but uh, it's it's difficult to find their product in a lot of areas, a lot of markets. Fair enough. After that, uh, the Chinese have come on. The history of symbols is very unique. They were you had Near Eastern symbols, mm -hmm. much like the Zildjian symbols, etc. And then you had the Far East, which would be China, Korea, Indonesia, sure. uh, Thailand, etc. They all made symbols a long, long time ago. The difference is in the Far East, symbols were very much uh, tied in with religion. Right. And uh, the Buddhist uh, religion and uh, uh, the Japanese uh, uh, Shih Tzu and right. some of the others, but they all had these noisemakers, sure. these symbols. Um, as such, they were quote unquote they are tuned very differently. Right. Um, and that's right now. That's about it. I uh, see. The other thing that has happened is the Turkish companies, Avrazildjian actually inherited the Turkish formula. I see. But the Turkish um, factory stayed in operation under the name K Zildjian or Karabi Zildjian. Okay. Our Zildjian bought them out back around 1976 and brought the uh, family, the Karabi Zildjian family, over to Canada. Oh, I see. And that's one of the reasons the factory is there. Ah. Um, however, the factory in Turkey kept going right. under a different name. Um, and now there's a half a dozen names, Istanbul, and um, they split up. There's, there's Mehmet Istanbul, there's Agop Istanbul, two gentlemen that were partners that split up. Uh, and then there's a half a dozen, you know, very small operations in Turkey. They all do the same thing. Wow. So what is a symbol made of? Well, a symbol is made of metal. Normally it's a bronze, mm -hmm. although some of the low-end symbols are brass. Mm -hmm. um, the higher the tin content, uh, the better the symbol. 
Uh, the epitome or the high end would be 80% copper, 20% tin. Uh, the Peisty family, and, and actually mine years ago, did up to an 8% tin. Oh. A much, much different metal. Sure. Nowadays, Meinl does the full range. I see. And if someone's looking for uh, a symbol, what would you recommend they look out for? What would be a few things, maybe two or three things that you would say if you're looking for a symbol? Well, a, a symbol is a uh, a non-pitched mu non musical instrument. I see. So you're getting a blending of a lot of sound. And what you want is, when you're picking out your cymbals, you want each cymbal to blend in with the other. Sure. Just think of a chord structure on a piano. Okay. And if you have an, you know, there are certain chords that sound good together, and then there are others that don't. You take A and B as an example, and you get a very rash, raspy type of sound. Sure. Um, whereas if you do uh, what's called a circle of fifths or thirds, you know, each third is uh, like A and C. Right. A, B, C, and thirds has a much uh, more um, harmony, a blend. It's the same as symbols. I see. Except we don't do one specific pitch. Ah. So would, would it stand to reason then each maker of symbols would have their own sort of unique quality or feel to them. So if you're buying, let's say, a minor symbol, symbol that's made in Germany versus one that's made in North America or in Turkey, it's going to have a different sort of feel for the, the drummer? Yeah, and many drummers would prefer, a, say, a ride symbol okay. from one company and crashes from another. Oh, so you could have... Hi-hats from a third. I mean, they might mix them all up. I didn't realize that. So yeah. you could have in your drum set many different brands of symbols that you're using yeah. for different different purposes or yeah. different sounds. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. And yeah. what about those symbols that have the holes in them? I've always sort of seen them sort of in your catalogs and always wondered, what are those symbols they have? Like It looks like cut-out circles in them. Oh, uh, there's another funny story. Uh, what that does, basically, a symbol is a plate, and it vibrates. Sure. And so when it vibrates, there's two ways in which it vibrates. One is in concentric circles. Sure. And the other is very similar to a bicycle spoke wheel. It goes into the center, then back out, back in, back out. By putting those circles there, you're cutting off a certain amount of those uh, vibrational patterns. Right. And it gives you a raspier sound, a shorter sound. It won't last as long. Okay. And a lot of guys like that because it's just a quick... I see. I just woke somebody Maybe up. Maybe you did. But, uh, anyways. There you that's go. That's the purpose. But the way that came about, we were exper I was experimenting. We were experimenting. Um, what to do? What do you do with a bad symbol? Well, we cut it up and we remelt it. Sure. Well, a lot of labor there. Right. Is there another value? Then somebody asked me for uh, bronze jingles for a tambourine. So I went out and got a special die that would cut them out. And so what happened is a drummer was in and saw these things. And drummers like to hit everything, so he right. picks it up and hits it and goes, 
what's this? Oh, just an experimentation. Uh, just something we're working on. And he says, I really like this. Next thing we know, we, we give him one. He goes out the road, he's playing. Now we're getting requests for uh -huh. And every cymbal company has copied what we did originally. There you go. Yeah. So it's become quite acceptable. Amazing. So there you go, from something that was a mistake to something that everyone wants. Yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't a mistake to have you here on the Insomnia Project. Uh, Dan, I want to thank you for being part of our episode today. From Sebastian, Florida, as always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions.